Welcome to the Health Coach Nation podcast. My name is Haley Rowe. I'm a sales and marketing coach and strategist for health coaches, life coaches, and wellness professionals who want to become a leader in their field by building their online community, rocking their sales process, and finally feeling confident about how they promote themselves and their marketing. On this show, we talk about tips to grow your business, save yourself time, and finally be able to create a sustainable, profitable business. Let's get into it. Today's podcast is brought to you by the Zero to Hero Coach Program. This is my four-month program teaching coaches and online service providers how to grow your online business, book clients consistently, overcome your sales fears, and finally rock your social media visibility. If you struggle to create a sustainable coaching business, this program is for you. Check out HaleyRowe.com and book your free strategy call with my team or myself today. Thank you. I have a very special guest who is the sales expert and her name is Donna Smith Bellinger. And Donna, first, welcome to the show. And Thank please you. share with us about uh, your background in sales. Terrific. So uh, I specialize in sales for people who hate to sell. I have over 40 years of sales. You see all that experience I got going on right there? I've got a lot of years of leadership in sales. And I have worked in high ticket. I've worked with authors and coaches, people in financial services, attorneys, all of those things. There are some very basic um, things that occur in sales conversations that a lot of us were never trained for. Maybe we don't like it. You know, you think sales is sleazy, pushy. You start to deal with that whole, uh, will they like me? you know, kind of a thing. I don't want them to think that, or I feel like, and we don't want to do any of that stuff. So I specialize in making this so very simple for you. And you may have seen me with the International Coaches Federation. I do sales training for them and uh, Morgan Stanley and Edward Jones and a whole bunch of other uh, groups. I've even been on the stage of Inbound. And for those of you who are in the digital space, you've heard of that. So that's who I am. I'm also uh, an international speaker and an author. Wow, we love it. So I love that you help people who hate selling because, um, you know, I talk to a lot of coaches and consultants who I work with who do hate selling when they when we start working together. They don't feel proud of their offers. They feel like. It's pushy. So what would you say to somebody who hates selling? What's the first step to start to turn that around? Well, confidence comes from being able to articulate or state your competence. All right. Does that make sense? Confidence comes from competence and your acknowledgement that you need to learn how to consistently communicate your competence. Say that nine times fast. And I actually have little wristbands I give out to uh, my clients that says, you must always consistently communicate your confidence. That means that you have to do your research and you need to understand why this person would be interested in hiring you. Far too often, there's an individual who decides, I'm great at this, I'm brilliant, I have all the answers, 
who wouldn't want this? That's not how you buy. If that was the case, we'd all be driving cars we can't afford or living in, you know, these types of homes or that type of home or wearing whatever we would wear. We don't buy that way. All right. For a lot of people, they buy emotionally and then they justify it logically. So if you have that engaging personality and people always want to go, oh, yeah, that sounds so cool. But when they sit back and they think about it, they get buyer's remorse. So you don't get the contract or the payment doesn't come through or you get a cancellation. They weren't really sold on what was in it for them. All right. So do your research and be sure that you understand, first of all, the way your ideal client communicates. If you're a very linear thinking person and everything for you is, you know, logically plotted out, that's wonderful. But if you're talking to a person who's visual, who says, oh, but imagine if, picture this, I always dreamed that, then they don't want to go through all of that other da-da-da. Okay, so it's important that you understand who you work best with. You must then be able to build a rapport. No one goes to a networking event to buy. Rule number one, we go to build relationships, to see and be seen, and to, again, communicate our value. So you must be able to do that. You have to be able to build that rapport. The other thing to remember is your body language, whether you're in person or you're virtual. Do you look engaging? Are you scowly? Are you just waiting for your chance to talk as opposed to really processing what that other person's needs are? And do you have a process to pre-qualify people that you are talking to? to determine if you will be able to give them value because all money is not good money. And I have a process I teach my clients that has to do with getting what I call yes-timonials. And yes, it's trademark. But a yes-timonial is a recommendation or a testimonial, if you like, that answers three questions. First of all, what was the situation that brought that person to you? Secondly, when did they have a light bulb moment? And thirdly, what was the result of their engagement with you? The only way you're going to get those accolades is if at the beginning of the conversation and you're building that rapport, you pre-qualify them in such a way that you understand in no uncertain terms what they think an ideal outcome would be if they work with you. So it's not what you want to give them. We all like to think, oh, no, but it's a brilliant idea. I'm a great coach. My book is fabulous. Whatever it is that we're doing, it's not that. Okay? It's what is their return going to be. So that's a five-minute download. I love it. It went kind of quick, but, you know, and now I can do, you know, specific questions, but... Mm-hmm. That's kind of what the flow looks like. Yeah. And so when you're pre-qualifying an individual, you want to find out, do you want to know the recipe for that? I can give the recipe oh, yeah. for pre-qualification. I do. I love it. You sure? I'm taking notes. For, I'm, sure taking, 
I'm taking notes in the show notes in the comment section. So I, cause I'm just loving it. So of course I want to hear it. Okay, great. So when you get into the conversation of pre-qualifying individual, one of the things you want to find out is how do they view the problem or the challenge? Okay. And, and you know, how do they articulate what it is? This is how you're going to learn how they communicate. And then um, there's also going to be that, um, question. This is something people frequently overlook. How long have you had that problem? Really? And what have you done to try and uh, work on that? You know, have you just gone to books, podcasts, workshops? Did you pay for the workshop? Do you take all the free workshops you can find? Have you ever worked with a coach? Really? And what was the result? What did you like? What didn't you like? These are some of the questions that you want to ask. And the reason why it's so simple and so basic, when you are offering your solution, don't give them something they tell you they already did and it didn't work. Don't frame it that way. Now you know you have to frame it in a different way so they understand why you are different and why they should choose you. How do you do that? with stories. Tell them your success stories. You know, uh, if you go onto my LinkedIn page, you'll see a lot of different um, recommendations and testimonials. And in one, I have a person who says, in one month of working with Donna, I sold more than I did the entire previous year. So a person who's having that type of a challenge would go, yes, I would pay for that. That's the whole point of having these stories so that you can make sure that you're articulating their ideal outcome. Yes, I was able to nail the man of my dreams. Yeah, that's what I want to do. I was able to raise my visibility or drive more people to my website. That's the kind of result that I'm looking for working with you. You want to be able to tell the stories that bring them into the conversation, okay? Um, there was a person attempting to sell me something recently, and when I said no, respectfully, uh, this person did something I'd love. He asked, what would have made it a yes? What is it that I did that didn't work? It was very simple for me. You spent more time talking about yourself than getting to understand what it was that I needed. And when you did give me a story, it didn't relate to my situation. So what I recommend uh, to my individuals is record some of your sales conversations and play them back. For my clients, they know you record them and you send them to me. I go through them and I work with them on that and, and what that particular thing is going to look like for them. And so that they're able to tell, was this person engaged or were they not? Now, when you go out and you are networking, if your networking is not working, then you probably presented yourself not as a professional, but as a peddler, because people don't like to be sold to. You just want to give them enough of your uh, background so that they understand that, you know, you know what you're talking about. 
but you want to communicate your value in such a way that when you have that follow-up coffee meeting, the way that meeting wraps is not by you saying, okay, so when do you want to sign up? Or, okay, how many do you want? It's for that individual to look at you and say, you know, this was wonderful. And what would the next step be? How can we work together? Or they say, you know what? I'm not in the market for this, but I have someone I want you to meet. That's when you know that you consist you you uh, consistently communicated your confidence. That's when you know you have the confidence to draw that person in, and to uh, have them determine that yeah, I think I'd like to be an ambassador for you. I have a room of people I want to introduce you to, because they're willing to stake their reputation on what you've demonstrated you can do. Absolutely, yeah, and I love what you said about. Um, making sure that you are getting to know what they need and what they find valuable and what is the ideal outcome for them. Mm -hmm. Because I do see a lot of, um, and one of the things we do in my coaching program is market research and making sure they're talking to their ideal client and getting clear on their language about what their problems are, what solutions they're seeking versus just thinking, this sounds really good to me as the coach. And I think everybody should want this. Um, so I love the way you put that. And I also, regarding the sales calls, I used to do sales calls for um, another coach. And I also worked in sales for a long time. The last 10 years, I actually started when I was very young and had to have legal guardians sign my paperwork. And <laughs> I love sales, but it's because I really believe in what I'm selling and I believe in providing a solution. And I don't like when people have to keep searching and like, struggling and listening to free things and like trying to piece it all together. So I have a, um, I think one of the things I do as well is listen to my clients calls and give them some feedback. But one of the things that I think they, that I hear that they struggle with is um, at what point, and I think you've kind of touched on this. Do you switch from building rapport to if somebody has a problem, you know, you can solve, when is the right appropriate time to make an offer? And I think what I heard you say is you want the other person to say, where do we go from here? You've, you've provided so much value. What's the next step? Would, is there anything you want to add to that as far as what's kind of the shift? Um, okay, from before the to, transition point. Yeah. Is what you're looking for. And the transition is going to occur when you are telling your story. When you're telling a success story, and that person says, that's exactly what I've been looking for, but nobody's been able to do it. Oh, well, yeah, I do that for my clients all the time. Smile, wait, you know. And then there are going to be other times you're going to talk to them and they're going to say, okay, but then what do I do? Or, well, what's next? And how do I do this? And that is when you sit back and you smile and remember that you are a business person not a person who coaches. You are a business person, not just an author or a this or a that. And you smile and you say, you know what? That's something I cover with my private clients. That's something that I cover in my whatever it is you're selling. I love it. That's when you make it clear and that's when you know you've kind of got them hooked. Right. If you've talked to them and they've said that they only do free stuff. Oh, I just did the free stuff, you know, because whatever, whatever. If they are not 
historically making investments, then here you have to decide how hard do you want to work with and for that person? Because if they are going to be more concerned about the dollars than the outcome, that is probably not your ideal client, which means you don't necessarily want to make an offer to them, but you may want to donate them to someone else who specializes in that type of a uh, situation. There is mm -hmm. nothing wrong with donating prospects to other people because if they have a good experience, they're going to remember who recommended that individual. Right. Totally. Yeah. And I think that there's more than just making a sale considered as valuable, but having a referral network, somebody writing you a nice review based on the free coaching you gave them or something like that, or like, you know, there's just more than one, it could be a long-term relationship. You never know where it will go. So um, one of the other things that you just touched on is it's too expensive or am I the kind of person who invests in whatever problem I'm looking to solve? So how does somebody, you know, there's a, there's a difference between managing an objection for something being expensive or an investment and it's just somebody who's a tight, what we call a tire kicker. They just like free stuff all the time and they will suck all the free stuff out. And how do you um, manage the, the expensive or it's too much money uh, objection? Depending upon what it is that you're offering. It looks like uh, a part of your pre-qualification. So when you're asking them, what have you tried? This, that, any other. Ask them, what has it cost you to not have this problem resolved? What's it looking like? Are you stressed? How many times do you have to go to the doctor? How many medications are you taking? What's your family life like? What are your options on your job? You know, where is this costing you? And help them to put a figure on it. So they can really, you know, uh, quantify what it is that this is costing them. And then you're able to, you know, quite confidently say, this is what it is. And, and um, yeah, here's the story. And this is what I do. You know, I had a person I was speaking with the other day and they told me exactly uh, what they're spending on, uh, I'm sorry, what people pay them for their particular service. And so I said, okay, terrific. You're losing business. You're not closing any people, two clients, you've paid, you've covered the investment. All right, you've probably lost more than two clients recently, right? Yeah, okay, fine. Where do you wanna go? What do you wanna do? Nice. You know, you can keep doing what you've been doing and keep getting what you've already had. And that's fine because the first rule of sales is not to be attached to the outcome uh, my mission statement states that it's not the transaction, it's the testimony. One good referral, one good testimony will get you more clients. One bad one can cost you your business. So all money is not good money. It's not the transaction, it's the testimony. It's your reputation. It's your brand. And that's what also has you quite confident in talking about what you do because you're resting it yep. all on the outcomes you've been able to provide. Right. Yes. And one of the things that 
I think a lot of people struggle with is their worth because maybe they are new. Maybe they don't like they they don't have a ton of testimonials mm -hmm. yet. Um, so and when we first talked, you started you shared with me something really unique about the difference between men, salespeople and women. Um, <laughs> and so I kind of want you to touch on that. And I want you to touch on what if they don't see themselves as worthy for asking for the sales. They know they can help someone, but they're like, but do I deserve this money? Or I would I love it so much. I would do it for free or whatever it is. How, how would you respond to that? OK, well, one of the things you and I talked about was the fact that we're sheep. We follow winners, all right? And if you don't have a lot of uh, testimonials and, and so you're having that little, you know, insecurity going on uh, within you, everybody had a starting point. You're not unique. The universe doesn't have it in for you. Please just get over yourself, okay? That's something that's happening here. But you want to, first of all, remember... <laughs> And I think I remember the analogy. You talked about the throwing something at somebody, that one, that one. Okay, ladies, it's not about the shoes. It's not about the hair. It's not about whether or not they will like you. This is not a sorority. This is a business. When you walk into a sales meeting, you don't hear a man going, oh, I didn't feel like they were hearing me. I didn't feel like I was being respected. I didn't feel, feel has nothing to do with any of this. So, if your partner, your loved one, was to come home and say, I could have made a $5,000 sales today, but I didn't feel like they'd like me if, if I really pushed hard on this, you throw something at them. What do you mean you didn't ask for the sale? You know, that is something that's very, very important for you to see yourself first as a business owner, not as the brand and not as the service but you're a business owner. A successful business owner gets paid. And if you are uncomfortable asking for your value, they will read you as a rookie. If you can state your value, and even if you don't have a lot of testimonials to go with it, you can say, you know, before I started my own business, I did this, I did that, I did this, I did that. I and in, People would tell me, you provided this, you provided that. And now I decided instead of making a whole lot of money for a bunch of ungrateful people, I'm going to do it myself and do it my way. And that, that's yeah, how yeah. you handle it. Yeah, well said. And so if somebody, um, because there's two different ways this can work. The salesperson might not believe in themselves. But then on the other side, your prospect, let's say you do believe in yourself, but the person you're talking to is saying, oh, no, I don't know, because I made an investment in myself before and I didn't follow through, or I am, um, you know, I tend to procrastinate. I don't know if I can really get this done. Like, what would you say if the prospect doesn't necessarily believe in themselves and, and, and invest, you know? investing in themselves is that just a lost cause or what do you it, think sometimes it is sometimes they're just waiting for someone to be the the hard ass in the situation you know and so it's like okay so in other words you're telling me that you like this whatever it is that's going on you're okay with it and you're okay with struggling through this for right now waiting for the perfect time 
or the perfect situation. Is that what you're waiting for? Perfection doesn't exist. Doesn't exist. So are you, who do you care about most? And I'm going to give you a family member or, or whatever, whatever. Do you feel that you are the role model that you would like to be for that individual? Or do you feel that this particular situation is keeping you from living into your full potential? And are you willing to settle for that and have them see you as that person for the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years? I also have a tendency to ask people, where would you like to be in 5 years, 10 years, 20 years? What would you know it look like for you to be thinner, more successful, happily married, whatever? What would it change in your life? And then how bad do you want it? Please don't do on a scale of one to 10, how would you, I hate that. I know I'm getting ready to get sold. Please don't do that. Just don't do that. But you want them to, to actually tell you what it is and the difference it would make in their quality of life. And then it's like, okay, are you ready to go ahead and make that happen? And, and it's your choice. I can't make you do it. I can help you. I can guide you, and with your permission, I can kick you in the butt regularly, but how bad do you want it? Because if I want it worse than you do, I can't help you. Right. That is so true. Yep. So what about if somebody says, okay, yes, I do want this, but I need to think about it. I need more time to think about it. What would you say to that? Okay. First of all, you didn't pre-qualify them properly. Okay. I specialize in refusal aversion. Ooh, okay. Yeah, yeah. You, you can, if you answer all of the pre-questions, you know, and you understand who the buying committee is mm -hmm. and, and what they paid for and what they get out of it, and you all are very, very clear on that, then uh, the most important thing is, you know, well, I have to think about it. Okay, fine. And I appreciate that you need to think about it. Now, while you're pondering that, is there anything that I described to you that you don't fully understand? Mm -hmm. No? Okay, so do you understand the value of this? Yeah, I do. Is this something that you really want to do? Yeah, I really want to do it. Okay, and if you really want to do it, when do you feel you want to do it? Well, eventually. Mm -hmm. All right, great. So see, it's not a high priority for you. And if it's not a high priority for you, I'm good. You don't have to think about it. It's not now. Right. I can handle no. Right. You'll find that sometimes when you take it away, they're reaching for it. No, no, really. Give me, give me, give me. I do want it right now. It's a limited offer. Yeah. You know, we start in two weeks. We start in one week. I only have two openings. Mm -hmm. You know. Right. And, and you have to have that sense of urgency, mm -hmm. but don't push them into it because a person that you feel you have to maneuver or talk into doing it is not going to do the work. Right. If they don't do the work. You're not going to get that yes testimonial. Yep. Well said. You know, so don't have a problem mm -hmm. with saying, well, you know what, if this isn't good for you, in four months, when we think about doing it again, if you do it again, then that's fine. Right. One of the what things I used to do uh, with my people is I would tell them, okay, these are the programs. This is what I do. Uh, you can join one of my group programs. One will be starting on such and such a day. 
or you can have me all to yourself. Which do you prefer? Yep. Right? I love either that. Or, either or. Mm -hmm. And I run very few group programs because most people want me all to themselves to discuss strictly their challenges. They don't feel like going through the sad stories of everybody else in the group. <laughs> right. Definitely. And I like, I think the key theme here is your framing. You're constantly um, asking questions and inquiring, but you're also, each step has a purpose, the pre-qualification, building rapport, seeing if this person is, is, you know, someone who would do the work. Because at the end of the day, the sales part and delivering your program is probably the easy part for most service providers. They probably feel like, I got that part. I'm a good coach. You know, I know what I'm doing. But you want to make sure it's for the right person, for the right reasons, and, you know, that you're not dragging anybody into it, like you said, because you're right. That costs you sometimes <laughs> way more than not working with the person. So um, really good stuff here. So where can everybody find you and connect with you after they listen to this episode? Well, thank you, Haley. And again, thanks so much for having me. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn because that's where most business is done. And uh, you would simply look for Donna Smith Bellinger. Uh, you can follow the hashtag AskDSB, A-S-K-D-S-B. And uh, that's another way you can find out where I'm showing up and what I'm offering. And finally, you can also apply to join my Facebook group, which is the Elevate Sales Coaching Cafe. And I do live uh, work and training every single week in that. And uh, we also support each other in a variety of different verticals. I love it. I just put that down and we will have that in the show notes at HaleyRow.com when this podcast goes live. And thank you so much for being a guest and sharing your wisdom with us. Thank you so much, Haley, for having me. And uh, thank you for sharing your audience with me. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. And if you liked it and want to reserve your very own free sales audit, go to HaleyRowe.com slash strategy hyphen call to book your very own free sales audit. On the call, we'll talk more about the common concerns you get from your ideal clients, how to overcome those concerns, how to coach through objections, how to change your mindset around sales and improve your sales process so you can be closing and converting more clients. I can't wait to connect with you and go to HaleyRowe.com slash strategy hyphen call to take the first step. Thanks so much. Have a good day.